Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Got a very special guest today for a very special game. Mr. Ben Welch, as ever, bringing the banter ahead of a North London derby. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I I promised myself that I'd try to be decisive uh, in this podcast and feel confident, but I don't. I don't think I'd feel confident if Tottenham were bottom of the league and Arsenal were top and they were absolute garbage. I'd still feel like there was a chance we could lose, and, I, and I'm feeling that ahead of ahead of this game. I never, mate. I never ever get this from you though. Like number, like the the Emirates. I was going to say the Arteterates, but the, <laughs> I'm not going to give you like another name. But you call it all these weird names like the carpet and all that, don't you? But the, the Arsenal, mate. It's the Arsenal. The, <laughs> the Emirates, like, is is a points graveyard for Tottenham. Always has been. Highbury always was. It's horrible. Like you've got, you've got no reason to fear this game, surely. Or this not this not this one in isolation, but this fixture overall, right? I do. I feel like we're less. We're, the implosions have been less in in the kind of last couple of seasons, and I feel like we're a little bit more resilient and stronger. And um, I feel like we're less susceptible, especially at home in games like this. But I don't know. It is early. It is. A, I mean, if you listen to Tottenham fans on social media, you're going to win the World Cup, the European Championships, the Champions League, the Premier League. Um, now we've got but, rid of that uh, Harry Kane curse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was holding his back, wasn't he? Apparently. So it, it it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of excitement about Ange. Um, I do like him. He's a likable character. And they do look good. They're playing well. You're not allowed to say that, mate. On North London Derby, wait, they're going to be coming for you. <laughs> but they they look good. So, and oh, 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 you and me, obviously, we we exchanged some messages during the week about. It and I was thinking about it today. You were sort of saying that Tottenham will come for us, but obviously Spurs are like a million miles away from PSV. Like, there's no comparison. Let's not get too excited. Well done, Arsenal beat PSV. They should. But it showed that is the only game where this season, even when we played Man United, who really should come at us, the only team that played openly and they got absolutely destroyed. Obviously, Spurs are a lot better than PSV. I know that and I'm not comparing the two. But we have found it more difficult against teams that have sat back a little bit and hit us on the counter. And I think, I don't know if Ange would look at that, and say maybe there's some lessons to be taken from that because Man United were absolutely dreadful against us. Terrible approach to the game, but they nearly nicked it. And I wonder if Spurs, I know they're attacking and they're coming at teams. I wonder if Ange looks at that game last night and thinks, mm, maybe maybe going to the Emirates and playing open is not a good idea. I don't know. That is, uh, that's just what I took from last night's result and thinking about how Spurs would approach this game. I can't. I don't know if I can see Ange going any other way. That's that's the thing. It doesn't seem to be in his makeup. But we'll talk about we'll talk about the the game in particular in a bit. I just want to ask you first a bit more about Arsenal 
Like, mm-hmm. how do you think you've been doing this season? What have you made of your of your start to the season? Because you know, people have sort of been saying it's you've been getting the results, but it's been a bit sort of stuttery. Do you agree with that? Yes and no. So on paper, you can't argue with really the results other than Fulham. Um, I think that Arsenal are trying a new system. Um, they've got new players to integrate into the team. And also, I just think teams are changing their approach against us. Like, you know, the excitement of the last two years come from basically Arsenal being pretty crap before that and teams thinking that they could get at Arsenal because history has shown that they could. And over the last two seasons, we've built up, built up some credibility. We've changed the perception of how we play, who we are and the players we've got. Sorry, mate. And the- just go back a little bit. You sort of, you dropped out there. for a No worries. Um, so I think that the, the excitement of the last two seasons came from a little bit of our unpredictability and teams not knowing how we were going to play. So they would play open against us because history has shown that you could get at us and that we weren't solid defensively, but through good recruitment and, you know, the, the tactics that Arteta has introduced and um, the good feeling around the team because we've been better. Teams are wise to that now. So I wouldn't necessarily say that we've been stuttery. As I said, we are still acclimatising to new players and new system, but I just think teams are wising up and knowing that they can't play like that against us and they're being defensive. I mean, Man United coming to the Emirates and basically playing like death ball and defending and sitting back like I don't know I, I would say there's that there's that to come into it I do think the PSV game is interesting in the sense that that was the one team that came and played open and we ripped them apart and I think the team needed a little bit of that now I don't think they'll get too ahead of themselves it's PSV we should beat them but that little confidence in kind of the attacking fluidity of the way we we're playing they needed that I don't think they'd We've looked resilient and strong so far this season, but I don't think we've played with real the kind of attacking fluidity that we've seen previously. So I would say that we're a team that is adjusting to kind of a new era, the next phase of like what Arteta had for us and um, new personnel and how you adapt to playing with that personnel. So we're not on fire, but I think we've started pretty well. Because I think this is my point more. It's it's not so much about your results, but, you, you know, you maybe haven't looked as free-flowing, if you like, as kind of rock and roll football, as Jurgen Klopp used to call it, right, in the early stages of the season, as you sort of were last year. But I think there's an interesting parallel there. I bring up Jurgen Klopp. Because you remember for, for a couple of years, Liverpool, they kind of, they played that, you know, what is it, kind of, you know, swashbuckling, for want of a better word, style, where they'd go into every single game with a lot of swagger. But teams could sometimes still get at them. And that seemed to ultimately... I mean, the brilliance of Manchester City obviously went against Liverpool. So it's probably quite unfair to say that Liverpool did anything wrong in particular themselves. I mean, if I recall, they got 99 points, lost one game and still didn't win the Premier League. So it's pretty warped. But for a while, like I say, Liverpool played this kind of, not carefree, but a very, very ultra progressive, very ultra front foot style of football. But the year they actually, I believe, went on to win the league, they did play somewhat more conservatively. Do you think this is potentially what Arteta could be doing with you a lot? That he's picking up on the fact that, okay, well, it it may be nice on the eye, but we have left ourselves a bit more open in previous seasons. And if we do play somewhat more conservatively, at least we, we may have a greater chance of success. 
I think Saka is becoming ruthlessly effective. Um, but are the other players doing that? Do you get enough goals out of Jesus? I think I love Jesus. I absolutely love him. I think he's a great player. But to be ruthlessly effective, do you need him to score more and contribute more? Martinelli's pretty effective and ruthless. I don't know, just with Liverpool, I just felt like they they had Salah. And when you've got like that world-class player that sets you apart, um, that's maybe the difference between, I would say, Klopp's Liverpool and Arteta's Arsenal is someone like Salah. But I think Saka, is, is, you know, he's... This season, he scored three goals and got four assists in seven games. I don't think he's even played like absolutely amazing. So we're getting a player to that calibre, but I think that would be the difference then. I think the Emirates is becoming a harder play. Like it's Obviously, the atmosphere has improved, but it's not Anfield. Um, but what we have done is what Liverpool had, is we've become more physically strong. We're getting bigger players in the team. And I know that sounds like really kind of basic, but just the sheer size of the players... Um, and the physicality of them, that's what Klopp's team had. And I think we're getting a little bit more of that. Um, and you need that. And I think you've seen that in the way we've played. We're not getting bullied by teams anymore. Um, but I don't know. You know, like you say, you mentioned Pep's Man City. They're relentlessly efficient and boring. And they just, I mean, I was in my wallowing in my self-pity, anger and wanting to rip down and tear down football and destroy Man City in the Premier League after we blew it last year because they just cheated their way to the title. Um, I, I looked at their points totals for the times that Pep's been here. It's just, it's ridiculous. You you have to be perfect. Like Arsenal lose, they draw a game at home to Fulham and they're already like, that's the season gone. People are talking like that. They drew one game. <laughs> but that's what you have to be like to play against City because... You know, they've got the best team and the best coach. So we it might be another case of like Klopp's Liverpool, getting really close, being really good, being like, you know, I don't know, era-defining good for that club. But are they good enough to beat Man City? Probably not. I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know what's happened there, but... <laughs> They are, they are, yeah, I mean, that that is the thing, is it? That's always the the shadow over most things to do with uh, the Premier League at the moment is that uh, as excited as Spurs fans have gotten, you know, you're talking about Spurs fans getting a bit giddy at the start of the year. There's this sort of meme at the moment of like, could we, could we actually, you know, do a Leicester or all this kind of thing? But you think City don't have a year off, do they? They just no. don't. And they're... They're just a relentless, you know, we, we spoke about Liverpool, we spoke about Klopp, as much as a, an unpleasant individual as as I personally find him anyway. You can't help but feel a bit gutted for him. Like, he should be, really, he should be sat there with two, three Premier League medals. You know what I mean? And it's it's pretty mad that they they don't have it. Um, you, you sort of touched on there that they cheated their way to the, to the title last year. Ben, you don't... <laughs> You don't think there was an element of you having it in your own hands a bit that you know? I don't, I don't want. I'm not going to use the B word because I know how painful that can feel when people use that word. But you know, well, well first of all, as an employee of a very um, well-respected and esteemed 
organization. I'd like to retract that accusation, um, that unfounded accusation that uh, Man City cheated their way to the to the. That was what the the fan, the emotional fan in me coming out, and I would never make such an unfounded accusation. Um, I think Arsenal did have the title in their hands, and they but they didn't have the squad to cope, and then. Um, once they got rocked, they just, it was just too much for a young team to, and we just didn't have the personnel. We lost Saliba, that pretty much killed us. Um, and then I think the psychological impact of throwing the frying away the games at West Ham and Liverpool. I say frying away, Anfield's different, I guess, but West Ham, that shouldn't have happened. And then to go 1-0 down, um, I think it was the Southampton game. Um, they just couldn't come back from that, and it's not a happy the... fixture for you either, is it, Liverpool? Same as us. Like we yeah. never get anything from them. I just think it was the conversation the whole time was always like, "Can Arsenal hold on?" And that's probably like what the players started to think when things were going on. It's not, "Oh, can like um, can City catch us?" It became, "Can we hold on?" And they just, yeah, I just don't think they could deal with that pressure and. Man City can rotate, they can rest their best players so that their best players are explosive all the way through to the end of the season. I think Saka looked tired uh, towards the end of last season. And, you know, Man City are like Man City are playing like Foden and Mares and whoever else on their wing and they're just too good. It's a shame. They do they they elevate the rest of the teams around them because you've got to be that good. But it's kind of rubbish for uh, it's rubbish for everyone else because you know you're never going to catch them. Do you? I mean, do you think that? All right, I've, you know, I've got to say this, mate, as a Spurs fan and all this type of stuff, though. Don't you think you created a bit of that yourself, though, all the holding up the clock in the dressing room shit and Arteta's yeah. general shtick? Like, you created a bit of that pressure for yourself, didn't you? I. Definitely agree with the fo- the, the clock photo. I, n- I didn't understand that. Um, I'm not on board at all, and I absolutely, completely and utterly dismissed this bollocks about the celebration police bullshit. If you can't celebrate emotional games, what are we doing? Because if, yeah. you, if you're only allowed to celebrate winning when Man City have won what, five of the last six Premier League titles, and what, what are we all doing? Might as well just not bother. Yeah. So. That argument really irritates the fuck out of me. Like, really annoys me. Unless it's used against Spurs, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going full celebration police on Ange and on this this Spurs uh, journey right now. But so I don't get on board with that. I didn't really understand the clock picture. I kind of felt like that was. I never really liked the dressing room photos either. Ever like not just any team, not just Arsenal. Like. You Newcastle, love, Newcastle love a dressing room photo. Yeah, I just kind of... The, the What I find silly about it is, right, obviously, everyone knows that you're celebrating in the dressing room. Like, that's obvious. Yeah. So, this bollocks that, you know, you get some pundits be like, you know, we used to win a game, we'd come in there and no one danced and we never shook, you know, we were never happy and we just we were just on to the next game. Absolutely. We used to drink tar and punch each other. <laughs> it's bollocks. You know it's I mean? bollocks. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Everyone celebrates wins, big wins. It's like when Rio was giving it that Arsenal celebrated the Community Shield and then there was that clip going around of 
I think Man United beating Arsenal in the Community Shield and Rio going absolutely mental. So I'm not having that at all. But I don't really like the dressing room photos because, and the clock photo I definitely didn't get. And um, I think it was part of Arteta trying to shift the um, mentality of the team into believing what they could achieve and being confident. And striking that balance is difficult. And I would agree that, um, yeah, maybe we did, maybe we did pilot, maybe we did bring it on ourselves a little bit. Did, it's it's hard to know. It's like, did it's you a fine line. Those, ben, did you buy one of those brain and heart t shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am fully invested in Vic Arteta and the process, but yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I see some of that stuff and I just think, I just, I mean, men of that age, as in the players, what are they thinking what's going on when that stuff is happening? Um, I just can't imagine them sort of not, especially English culture, you know, which is the ridicule and take the piss. and um, Everyone knows the office, peep show, all that type of thing. Exactly. I just kind of, to be honest, that weren't even, that that wasn't the one that killed me. The light bulb was the one that killed me. (laughs) I I just think those English lads especially are not coming out of that dressing room going, what was that all about? Um, Do you know the only one I will begrudge I will begrudgingly give you a lot, the only one, is the and I make fun of it, but still I thought it was I thought it worked was getting the old the club photographer out ahead of the North London derby. Yeah. You know, I, I begrudgingly I was like, Yeah, I I, I kind of get what he's doing here. That was fair enough, you know. Absolutely. And I mean, listen, the, the the players are responding to it. And um, I think when you watch things on telly and you hear about them on social media and stuff, it's, it's kind of easy to laugh at and take the piss out of it. And I get it. And I would do it if it was any other club. But I think when you're in the dressing room, you're part of the team and the culture and you're kind of moving towards winning, I guess those little things that maybe, you know, they work and that you feel invested in them. And when you start seeing the results, like, um, I mean, so over the summer, like for work, I went to Germany, part of Arsenal's pre-season and inter- interviewed a few of the players and a lot of them were all saying the same thing. And then I've seen the same thing in lots of other interviews with Arsenal players was them saying that when Arteta basically says what's going to happen in the game and then it happens and that really gets their investment. So he'll break down what the opposition are going to do, how they're going to do it. And even if they score, the opposition score, the players were saying, we know that's how they're going to score. It's obviously difficult to stop because you're playing against Premier League players. But Arteta sees the game in a way that they've never seen it before and he can almost predict what happens. And when you get that investment, if someone's going to whack a light bulb, a light bulb on in the in the dressing room and draw a brain and a heart, you know, <laughs> I guess you're in, right? You're like, well, this yeah, is a bit mental, really. but we're winning. That's that's sort of what happens with cults, though, isn't it? <laughs> Um, Listen, I've signed up for this cult. If we start winning, I'm all in. I don't, I don't care because us, the last, the 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 end of the Wenger era was when we become you know top tier banter club with Arsenal fan TV. I'm I'm signing up for a cult because I'd rather be in a cult and wearing brain and heart t-shirts than fucking being part of that era ever again. Well, I mean, all right, we're talking about what what you can do, what will get your buy-in. What's that? 
we're talking about like what Arsenal can or can't do, what's going to get your buy-in, right? What can you do this year, mate? Because, you know, you spend a lot of money. You, you're not, you're not, you're not the underdogs anymore. Are I know. I, to- I totally agree. And actually, do you know what? Like what I was saying at the start, I think that's another thing: is the pressure and expectation has changed. And even though the atmosphere in the stadium is a like, you know, night and day compared to what it used to be towards the end of the Wenger era, you can definitely feel a, a gear change when games haven't been going our way. Now the expectation is not like. Oh, come on, lads, you know, we're starting out again on this new exciting adventure and we're giving them a pass. I'm not saying that we're not at that because it is definitely more of a positive atmosphere, but you can feel the difference. And I do think that the money and the achievements of the past few seasons have shifted expectation and that has put on the pressure on the players. So when games are not going their way, you can I think you can feel that a little bit in the way they're they're playing. Um, and you can feel it a little bit in the stadium, not massively. And the conversation, the, the narrative in the media is different. It's not like, oh, look at this new kind of exciting young Arsenal team. It's like Arsenal are expected to win now. So, what do I think we can achieve? I don't think we can. I don't think we can win the league. Um, I just think Man City are, are just too relentless. They're just too good. They just. Do you think you'll push them as close, though, as you did last year? Because mm. this is what I'm trying Maybe, to... Maybe, but I think other teams will be in the mix now. Well, this, um, is, this is what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. And it doesn't feel... I'm just saying from the outside... I, feel, I, I think... It doesn't feel like you lot have got that same buzz uh, no, that you had. Just from what no. I see Arsenal fans saying on Twitter and everything like that. I do, but I, do, I just think it's, it is early. It's early doors. Yeah. Like, I think that we're going to... I think it will start to click more for us. Like I'm never this positive. I'm always like almost impersonating an Arsenal fan because most of the time I'm so negative about everything. But I do think it will start clicking into place and we'll play better. But I think Liverpool, and I think if Spurs can sort of carry on. Oi, oi. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I obviously want them to, I want it all to go wrong. Um, I think Man United, yeah, they're they're just, feel like they're in this kind of never-ending spiral of despair. Which quality, is, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Um, and I'm obviously delighted to see Chelsea struggling as well. Um, so, I don't know. I just... I, it's injuries. I always... I think injuries will... Um, more injuries than Man City get. How does that affect the way they play? And although it's hard it to... affect anything for them, though, does it? That's the problem. No, I agree. But th- there are... Yeah, maybe if they got, I don't know. I mean, they've lost De Bruyne and Alvarez has just come in and basically <laughs> absolutely smashed it. Um, I, for, I, maybe Man City lose a bit. I mean, it doesn't even look like that right now. But, you know, once you've won the treble, are you still as hungry? A lot of those players have won multiple Premier League titles. I don't know. It's hard. Uh, FA Cup, I'd love us to win. Um, that's a possibility. League Cup, not bothered about. I'd, I'd, I'd take it. I'd, obviously, I'd take well, it. But good day out, though, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, I'd like. Basically, I don't care about the League Cup until we get to the final. Then it's like a really important trophy, and no one can call it a Mickey Mouse Cup if we get to the final. But before <laughs> that, I don't give a shit. And obviously, if Spurs get to the final, then well, it's still a Mickey Mouse Cup. We're out of it already. So, 
yeah, I, was, I saw, yes, I forgot about that. Um, Champions League. You're having a laugh. I mean, winning it, interesting. What I would say about the Champions League, not that I think that we can win it, but I think that there are a lot of teams that could win it because I, other than Man City, no one in that competition stands out to me. So I think that it's one where... I couldn't bear that. I couldn't bear that if you lot won that. Like I just couldn't. It, it would be. It would be. Oh my god! But this, like I say, I reiterate. I'm not saying that we're going out there, and I think we're we can. We're a team that should be aiming to win this. But tell me one team you've other than Man City. What is one standout team in that competition? Probably Madrid because they've got that prestige, they've got that heritage. But other than them, I don't know. Bayern looked awful yesterday. I thought they've signed that. Penalty merchant lump up front, haven't they? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say, much. yeah I, I don't mate, I don't even want to think about that as a as a nightmare though. Like Oh, it would be so good. Can't do oh, we should definitely do it if that happens, we should definitely, you know, do a pod. Definitely. Yeah, do you reckon? Yeah, we could fund that. <laughs> yeah. I'll do you know what? I'll come I'll come and do it on the high road when the uh, they bring the trophy down, yeah. <laughs> oh god, that would be superb. Um I wear a Spurs shirt and everything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be some good content though, wouldn't it? Banter. Come it would be lots of banter. The banter would be flying. Fucking hell. Um, what have you made? I think, like, what have you made of your transfer business, mate? Declan Rice being obviously I lost you there. notable. What have you made of your transfer business this summer, mate? Declan Rice being the notable one. Sorry, mate. I lost you there. Can you repeat that? What have you made of your transfer business this summer? Uh, yeah, like... A hundred million is a lot for Declan Rice, and almost when you spend that sort of money, you're thinking of a player that has a very tangible impact upon a game, so assists and goals, I think, and then like a goalkeeper that changes the game, I think for you. Um, so that's a lot of money, but you can already see. I think the biggest thing he brings is energy and like recovery ones when we lose the ball. Like he he absolutely hunts the ball down. I think he's got two man of the matches so far. Um, I think he's made a huge difference to the team. Um, so on balance, yeah, great. Timber, I think, would have been a, a brilliant player in the way that Arteta wanted to play. Um, obviously, he got injured. Um, yeah, I mean, Havertz... I think the jury's still out. I'm not. I'm definitely not gonna make a judgment on him just yet. Does it, does it bother you that you could have got James Madison for like twenty mil cheaper though? Yes, but I don't. Madison to me is more of a kind of Odegaard um, player. I don't know if Madison is that role that they're trying to get Havertz to play. I think I'm I'm, a, I'm not I'm not making it obviously has been a slow start but I'm not making a judgment on that just to yet. I'd probably want to see what he's like up until Christmas and then yeah we'll see where we're at. I think we've got a lot of players that you know obviously oh, I don't know what happened there. Um Fabio Vieira's come in and done all right in that position. I think Trossard's a super clever player, um an intelligent footballer. Trossard's brilliant, I think. He's one of those like yeah. I really do. I, like a bit of a Nico Cranshaw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that he's 
he's just so smart in the way he plays and he's his decision making is brilliant. Um and it's almost like hard to choose between him and him and Martinelli because they both offer something different on that on that wing. Um so I'm I'm not sure on Havertz yet. I want to give him more time. And then Raya, obviously, yeah, I mean it's just feel it's it's Again, it's one that I'd have to wait and see how it plays out. Initially, my initial reaction was like, what are we doing? Ramsdale's been brilliant. He got in the PFA team of the year. Um, he's been a big part of changing the culture of the club. He's makes, he makes saves that win games. Um, but then, I don't know. He's, it's weird because everyone keeps, we're talking about Aaron Ramsdale as if that he's not good with his feet. He might not be as good as Raya, but his his distribution is absolutely unreal. Um, I think that Raya had a better from the stats that I've heard that he collected like a lot more crosses and a lot more successful collecting crosses than Ramsdale. Maybe that was part of it, and he has a better range of passing. So his his long range passing, I think, was part of the reason. Again, I'm just not sure how it's going to play out. I, I kind of like this thinking of competition for places. Ramsdale have been on a number of podcasts where he said he kind of doesn't really massively enjoy training and he gets bored. And I wonder if Arteta heard things like that and has seen a little bit of dips in form up and down, even though he made some absolutely ridiculous saves as well during the sort of, uh, when, you know, the, the end of last season and during the run-in. And maybe Ramsdale needs, you know, a kick up the backside to really bring the best out on him. Uh, I wonder if Arteta's thinking that. Arteta talking about subbing goalkeepers and stuff through games. It's not something we've seen, so it's really hard to say whether that's going to work or not. My thought would be, how does, when you bring him round and you do that, what does the rest of the squad... Now, the, 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 the positive reaction could be everyone's like, bloody hell, like if Aaron Ramsdale's getting bombed out, then we all better back our ideas up and like reach absolute like elite levels. Otherwise it just brings someone in to replace us. And then if Raya comes in and starts winning, do you have the mentality of an elite team where you're like, yeah, we love Aaron. He's a good mate, but we want to win. And we, and does that push the levels up or does it slightly disrupt the team? And they think, you know, that's ruthless, mate. Like, does that make them think differently of him? I don't know. It's too early to, too early to tell. All I can say is when I first saw it, I was shocked by it. I wasn't sure it was a good move. Raya's played two games and he's looked really good, but we played against Everton and we played against PSV. So for my money, how I'd look at the, the goalkeeping situation is Raya, there's, there is very little to choose between their distribution, although I'd say Raya slightly edges it, but let's not make out like Ramsdale is, you know, not good on the ball because he is, but Raya is like an outfield player. I think Klopp in a post-match press conference last season said that he was like a number 10. And then I think Raya, well, the numbers suggest that he's better at collecting crosses. And then I know I'm going to say this stat. I'm going to say this, which is more of an eye test rather than fact, because I think Raya ranked highest in the league for saves. I mean, what does that really mean? I was thinking about that stat and I was like, one, he plays for Brentford, so he's obviously going to face... Yeah more shots than what Ramsdale did. And also, what are those saves like? Are they difficult saves? Are they saves you expect him to make? Because from the eye test, and I'm not a goalkeeping coach or an expert, but I'd say that 
if Raya is reliable and makes good saves, I remember more of Ramsdale's match-winning saves. And that's maybe just because I'm an Arsenal fan, but I think Ramsdale has that capacity. So overall, I think good business. The other side of that is obviously getting rid of Nicola Pepe for free. Um, Arsenal, over the years, historically terrible at selling players on. Um, we need to get better at that. And then, you know, Pepe, uh, before Rice, our club record signing, 72 million, we just ripped up his contract and let him go for free. So Rob Holding's gone for 4 million. I don't care what anyone says, Rob Holding is better than 4 million. Like, he became a bit of a scapegoat for us. He's not Virgil van Dijk. He's not William Saliba. But he's a good player. He's a solid Premier League defender. It's largely how I feel better. about Eric Dyer, mate. Eric Dyer's worth more than four million. They couldn't sell Tierney. So Alone, I guess, is all right. But the problem with Tierney is his age bracket. So if you sign him, firstly, how many games you get out of him if you're an opposition team because he has a bad injury record. And then if he signs like a four-year deal, which takes him, I think, into like his 30s, or close to 30, then you're not selling him on. You're not going to make any money from him. So I still think Arsenal, have not, they're not good at that. They're not, they, they, they look like they're bringing better players in, but when we're crap at selling players, or at least we have been in recent times. So yes, I'm pleased a bit, but you might have to come back and ask me again when we see how the Havertz and, and, and Raya situations pan out. All right, well, let's, let's go to some of the Twitter questions now. Um... I did ask people to be as constructive as they could <laughs> at this part. So at underscore Nathan F38 says, does Arsenal's mega spending warrant a title or Champions League to justify Arteta keeping his job? We've had a similar one from at Bray Matty as well, which is genuinely how long before Arteta has to win something? Uh, yeah, that is a really good question. Uh, the reason it's difficult to answer is the expectation should be to, to win stuff now. But as we discussed earlier, you're in the era of Man City. So how fair can that be? How close is it realistic? How realistic is to say that you can you can beat them? Liverpool did it once and how good... Well, obviously they won the Champions League, sorry. And so over that period, let's say Klopp has been Liverpool eight years. So he won the Champions League once the Premier League once and I think he won did he win the Europa League? They did win did they um, win the Europa League? Not so sure. No they, no they were sorry they no they didn't they lost that final. They won the oh, FA no, Cup the league. Sevilla? Did they lose yeah. to Sevilla? Yeah. Yes and they won Everyone the FA Cup loses to Sevilla in the Europa League. So. Yeah. And they won the FA Cup and the League Cup. Um over eight years. So we're in the era of Man City. I think the expectation should be to win now and if the team is progressing and pushing Man City I think that's fair. But if other teams start to overtake Arsenal, that would be more, I think, what you have to cons- your concern should be is what are other teams doing and how close are they getting to City and are they surpassing Arsenal? But to, to, to beat City is a pretty tall order. Do you not see Spurs as a bit of a cautionary tale on that, though? Ditching Pochettino, going for the win now, manager? Because surely that's the sort of thing you do if you if you... If you booted out Arteta, you'd be trying to go for, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head right now, but one of those proven win-now type managers. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Right. I don't think Arsenal I don't think Arsenal would do that. We didn't do that with Unai Emery. We he kind of seemed like a, a long-term project, but his sort of failure to communicate at, Obviously, he's doing a better job at Villa. Um, but I just don't think Arsenal would do that. And I don't think there are too many of those managers out there anymore. You, like, literally, as like, I said it, I was thinking... There's Pep and there's Klopp, and who yeah. else is there? Because and... all the other managers have kind of had some success and then fallen down somewhere. So uh, I don't think there are those too many of those kind of, yeah, win-now managers anymore. Mourinho's kind of lost his... Um, what's the? Oh, I don't know what. Lost. Yeah, he's kind of. Um, sorry, Mourinho's lost his. I don't know. What, I can't think of the word on the he's top lost of my his head. Lost, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He just kind of. You don't look at him and think, oh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna bring immediate success. And I think football's moved on from kind of his style of football. So, uh, no, I don't think Arsenal make that mistake. We've had a good fuck off with a little uh, a little jab there as well. Um, <laughs> we've had one from at the real shoe ban. And this is a good question. I think this is particularly relevant to Tottenham as well. Um, do you think that the lack of a 20 goal a season striker like a Bamiyang has actually helped Arsenal to develop each team member as they need to step up and be counted? You can't be reliant on one player to drag them through in difficult periods anymore. Yeah, I definitely think to it demands more from the rest of the team. But what I would say, if I can articulate this effectively, is that a lot of those players that are contributing goals are they're scoring goals in games. They might, you know, like where you're you're beating teams comfortably at home, or they're getting the odd goal in an important game. But I think that clinical world-class lethal striker is the one who you rely on to step up in big games. And if a chance falls to that player in a big game when they haven't had a lot of chances, um, that you need that person. You need someone when you're ham- like hammering, you're all over a team that's sitting back and you can't score and you re- and then you get a half chance. That is what that player brings. And you've seen that of Erling Haaland. So, yeah, it does bring out the best in the rest of the team, but I still think you need that that main man. Every team, you know, even you say about Barcelona, how good every player was in that team, they still needed Messi. Um, and he would score, obviously, ridiculous numbers. And so, yeah, Man City have got Haaland. And I think if Arsenal and Spurs really want to 
pushing. They need they need that elite world class striker. We got one from at Daniel underscore Shack, and I, you know I, I would lump you in with the the normal Arsenal fans, so I can ask you this one. But it's uh, do normal Arsenal fans get embarrassed by the online fan base? This weird cultish behaviour and lack of any modesty. I'm guessing this is in reference to you know a lot of the, the the little Twitter edge lords, your Arsenal fan TVs, all that type of thing. We've spoken about this type of stuff before, Ben, but it doesn't go down well with your fan base as much as it does anybody else's really, does it? No, I mean, anyone that I follow is an Arsenal fan with, I'd like to think some sort of, um, can take a step back and not judge things impartially, but, you know, um, have a good read of the situation, not through Arsenal bias. Um, yeah, It's embarrassing. Like, I kind of, I really hate it when I have, you know, people will be like, our oh, Arsenal fans think this. And I think, do they? Because <laughs> not anyone I think, not anyone I know thinks that or says that. That's your, that's what you see on Twitter. That's not what I know of Arsenal fans. I think that's bollocks what you're saying. Um, and yeah, it's embarrassing. I think what happened was, is a perfect storm. Arsenal fan TV rose to prominence at a time when we were terrible and they had all the ingredients for what would coming together of like basically what social media was about at that time and what works which is basically you know who shouts the loudest and is the most extreme will get rewarded because that's what people want to look at that's what makes you stand out and then you had all these kind of characters that um i mean you could go through that cast of characters and some of it gives some pretty grim reading um and that's what people wanted to watch and then the more success they had with the nonsense that they were saying and the extreme opinions and, and the, the toxic nature of what they were doing, they, it rewarded them. So, you know, anyone in that situation is, is going to do that. So yeah, it's embarrassing. I hate it, but it is what it is. And you kind of hear, you hear less from them now, right now that we're winning or not that we're winning, that we're doing better. So hopefully we moved on from that. That geezer sits in his car and shouts like I can't. He's. I know, but we. But everyone knows that he's just doing that to like. He has that one video that's a success, right? First of all, anyone, why on earth would you do that? Why are you sitting in your car thinking? Do you know what I'll do? I'll make this video where I shout absolute bollocks almost to the like point of tears, and I'll post it online and I'll see what kind of reaction I get. Like no one with like who's thinking sensibly thinks that's a good idea. I don't understand how these lads aren't thinking. I might get a slap next time I go to a game if I do this. You know, yeah, or just like everyone loses their integrity. It's like I want to be famous for something. I don't care what it is. I'll, I'll, I will. All I want is the attention, and I don't care what cost it comes. I do not understand it. It's like if I, if everyone's going to know I am, I want it to be for something positive and a good reason. I don't want it to be because I've sat in a car like a Burke talking a load of bollocks, shouting and screaming and nearly crying, have, like expressing views that aren't necessarily aligned with how I feel, but because I know people react to it. Like, I just think there's no shame or integrity to it. And yeah, it's all funny. Like, we're going to laugh at it and I would laugh at it if it was other fans. But I just don't understand as an individual why you do that. What about creating an anonymous Twitter account that's sort of <laughs> elephant themed? <laughs> Whilst being like a normal working professional behind the scenes, like do you reckon? Yeah, but uh, but because you, yours is so 
calculated and because I know you as a person, but it makes me laugh because um how would I describe it? It does wind you up sometimes. I know oh, it. No, you, I you, know it sometimes. It you, you're you're a, like you are a genuine like solid gold prick at times. Like <laughs> I, I read your tweets and I think he's such a dick. Like he's doing that. I know that he doesn't necessarily believe that to his fullest, but he knows this is going to fuck people off. And because I've also told this to you, I also know that there are sometimes you hit tweet and you're just you just know that I'm sitting there thinking. Why is it? Why is he such a prick? Why? Why is he posting that? He doesn't think that. He's just doing it to annoy me. Thinking of and... your face. <laughs> Especially when, when I'm like pissed off again, like during that running, some of your tweets were fucking me off. Like I, I was <laughs> I thinking, I, I, I was because I was scared. I thought you lot were going to do it. You know, I was genuinely like, I. I'm gonna to have to if next I'm gonna ghost him next time he messages me like he's pissing me off like why is he doing this this is pure I wasn't pain. gonna do I, I didn't do it though did I? I didn't message you when it all went tits up I couldn't do it I'm not gonna do yeah, that I'm not doing that yeah so but, Arsenal fan TV and all the rest of it put it in the bin mate we'll do um let's just do one last one because I know you got to dash off mate but um mm-hmm. Uncle Albert says what's with that fucking dog. <laughs> Win. I saw. I, do you know what? I, I saw some Spurs fan tweet tweet earlier. Um, <laughs> he tweeted, "Winners in a box is going to hit differently when the time comes." Oh my god! Um, so I actually, you know what? Right, the idea of having a dog around the training ground. I don't think. I don't think that's a bad idea. I genuinely don't like. I get it. I really do, but it's just calling it win, which <laughs> just feels like a, an act of pure Brentism that is um, quite hard to quantify. Um, Did you see that Photoshop doing the rounds of uh, <laughs> someone that changed it to an XL bully on the on the team photo? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, uh, it's I could. I mean. You've got to take the piss out of it, really. But I kind of, I get, I get the thinking behind it. But calling it win is just a bit, it's a bit too, bit too cheesy. I, I did say last question, but literally just before I let you go, mate. Thank you for joining us, and I just want to ask. Go on, give us a prediction. How do you think? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to rattle through this. First of all, you can drop this in wherever you want, and I'll go off on this a little bit because I feel like, and obviously, feel free to edit a lot of my fucking verbose, convoluted Arsenal waffle out prior to this. But I think Spurs are looking good. And I think that, which I, like, I hate. I really wanted them to be shy under Ange. Um, He is annoyingly likeable. Annoyingly likeable because he's relatable, sort of down to earth and doesn't take any bullshit. As an individual, I can see why everyone likes him. I think genuinely Spurs fans need to settle the fuck down. It is very early doors. Early, early Could doors. We go, Could we? Can we? No, you definitely can't. No, <laughs> no chance. No fucking chance. Um, and I've always said, like, it is... I hate that Spurs have any are good in any way. Like, any success or anything they have is... I want them to lose every game, but 
I I like it a little bit that the games mean something because when you win, it means something. And so it's good in that sense. But obviously, torturous experience watching any North London derby. Stressful, not enjoyable. Can't have anyone around me. Basically, can't have my kids near me because... Um, <laughs> I just kind of want them to not speak to me and I don't care if one of them's like shit himself or needs a drink because the North London derby is on. So just fuck off and leave me alone <laughs> until the end. If we win and therefore like, I just want to hug them and stuff. It's, cover, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a hard one to predict. I always say, oh, I don't know. I think, I think Arsenal will win. I think Arsenal going to win. I think Arsenal, I think it'll be close, but I think Arsenal will win 2-1. If it was at Wild Lane, definitely I'm 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 different different prediction, but I I think Arsenal have looked strong at home. I'm really interested to see how Tottenham approach this game. Um I know that you're saying they're going to go for it and that's his mentality, but I feel like that would be a little bit foolish. It may, it may be, mate, but that's how he's wired. He will not, 100%, he won't sit back against you. Like, it, he won't. He won't. I, I I don't know how to... I don't know how to articulate watching what it's like to watch a North London derby. It's kind of like someone laying on the ground and, like, a steamroller moving really slowly towards them. That is what it feels like watching the 90 minutes. Like, you're just waiting for some sort of crushing death. And you're just hoping that someone averts that crushing death. Well, it's it, it's it's like that, isn't it? It's like the steamroller's moving towards you and it either goes over you or just as it reaches your feet, the bloke <laughs> driving it jumps out and gives you a million pounds. Right? It's basically, it is like that. It's... What is it when you're watching a game like that? Every attack the opposition have, you think they're going to score. It's you think they're going to score. It's like, oh my God. Even if they get in the, your half, you're like, oh my God, they're going to score. They're going to score. This is it. They're going to score. It's just awful to when watch. When you're watching it yourself, though, when you're watching it your side, you're like, oh, it's Man of Solomon. He's going to fuck that up. You know what <laughs> I mean? No, it's nothing. It's nothing. No, but... I, 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 I just... It, I, so, so they're going to get a penalty. They always get a penalty. They're going to get a penalty. Um, so I think Arsenal will win. Yeah, I think Arsenal will win. I can't believe I'm saying that. I don't think I've ever said that. I'm so negative. Know, really. yeah. What do you think? What do, what's your prediction? I think you're getting ahead of yourself, mate. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we'll go for you. It, it all depends. This is the first, the first real test, and I don't count Manchester United in that because we can see how shit they are now. Um, this is the first real test... This team, a lot of these players, this system has had. And other than Manchester City, really, you, Liverpool, it's the other it's the toughest test in the league, isn't it, right now? So it will be interesting to see. I do, I do agree with you. I think that us playing in this sort of expansive style that we do will leave us open. It will allow players like Saka, especially, who just looks like he's gone on fucking levels, levels completely. Like, I mean, I'm not just having a dig. Like, I think you lot need to be careful because he is getting to that level where someone like City thinks, mm, let's have him, you know? He's mm-hmm. he's brilliant. So he can hurt us. He can definitely hurt us. But 
it's hard to know. I don't know what this Ange Postacoglu team is capable of. Some of these players, like Basuma's looking unbelievable. Madison is looking... He's looking way better than I ever thought he was. I wasn't happy that we signed him, you know, but he looks absolutely unbelievable for us. That young sort of left-back we got, Destiny Adoggi, he's amazing. You know, there's there's a lot there that's exciting, but you lot are you're further ahead in your in your journey and in your process there's a bit more experience in your team so you know it, it might be it might be a chasing experience for us i can't i can't predict a spurs loss so i'm going to go over draw but you know i it, it, it's going to be i think it's actually do you know what, for the neutrals i think it's going to be a fucking good game this oh, week. i do if you if you don't support either of these teams that Arguably, for me, this is the best matchup of the season so far in terms of like two teams that are pretty close. The best derby in the league, a hundred percent, definitely, because they're the teams that are closest together. Um, and yeah, the it's, it's really t- like in this kind of this modern era is is definitely become one of the best. Um, the derbies in the league and always kind of produces goals and sort of exciting matches. But if Arsenal have to grind out a 1-0, I'll take it. I don't care if it's the shittest game of the season and we're crap, I'll take a 1-0 because I can't bear to lose to Spurs in this game. It'll be awful. Oh, my God. You will be unbearable. You <laughs> I, I mean, if it's been bad so far, that how good you think Spurs are, if you win this game, that's it. Musk needs to shut down Twitter and cancel you because I will not be able to handle it. I will be disgusting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ben. Um, have a shit weekend, mate. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.